Tsi. My name is Joe. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. For those that are listening for the first time, welcome aboard the crazy train. For those that have been here before, welcome back. My name is Joe. Twenties on the podcast. LP's on the podcast. This is the craziest time of year, otherwise known as the NBA offseason. Uh, people care more about the NBA offseason than they do about the NBA regular season and maybe even the NBA postseason the last couple of years as well. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I mean, this is uh, for LP and myself. I mean, we we certainly love the NBA. Uh, it's a love-hate relationship. Uh, with the Wizards, it's more of a hate-hate relationship the last uh, season and a half or so. But I got to tell you right off the top here, LP, I really like what Shep has done with the Wizards this offseason, even though he's only carrying that interim tag right now. I think he's done a very nice job. Uh, you know, we can debate whether the the draft pick was ideal. Um, I think his second pick was better than his first one. I think Schofield is going to be a baller in this league. I think he's going to be, uh, to me, like I, I just feel like he's going to be like somebody who just kind of sticks with with a team or a couple teams for the long haul over the next couple years. Uh, Rui, we'll see what happens with him. I, I mean, some people, you know, liken him to the Greek freak. I don't see it. Uh, I could be wrong. I think he was a better pick than Bobol, so I, I will give him some credit for that. But overall, what's what's happened in the last 48 hours has been actually pretty good for the Wizards. Uh, the most recent and, and the most uh, most recent signing was Isaiah Thomas to the vet minimum. I think they're paying him 2.1 or 2.3 for one season. And honestly, you know, and I want to start with this move before we get into any of the other stuff and all the. We'll talk about the blockbuster that happened in New York. We'll talk about um, the stars aligning for. Uh, uh, potentially for um, for the Warriors yet again with D'Lo going there. We can talk about we can talk about the Lakers. We can talk about Kawhi and his flip phone. Probably completely unaware that anybody's traded uh, switch teams at all at this point. Isaiah Thomas to me, this is actually a perfect fit for the Wizards. This was a guy that uh, we we learned to hate uh, when he was playing with the Celtics a couple a couple seasons ago. We obviously uh, that that series did not end in our favor. That was the that's obviously that's the series where John jumped on a table. And everybody and got paid his supermax right after it, and with it, everybody in DC, we we thought we were so close, and here we are two seasons later, like we couldn't be further away from that point. But I will say this: I love this deal for the Wizards. If if Isaiah Thomas is even half of who he was two seasons ago or three seasons ago, then Shep has got a, a supremely tradable asset at the trade deadline to get more pieces back, which is what he's been doing slowly here over the past couple of weeks, just taking in young talent and draft picks. If he doesn't work out, it's a one-year flyer, and his contract along with uh, with your boy Jan Mahimi's and uh, and Dwight just go away this off this this upcoming offseason a year from now. I really like this move, and I really like what Shep has done. LP, I, I think you, you may be the – I lo- as far as this podcast is concerned, maybe the bigger Wizards fan, even more so than myself, do you like what they've done over the past two weeks or so? I have to continually remind myself that the damage that Ernie did over the past 17 years is not going to just take one offseason to overturn. So I do like what Shep is doing from the perspective of getting more second-round picks, getting more draft picks, getting younger players, getting assets, getting all that stuff, and starting to shed some of these larger contracts. So I do like that. I don't like um, I don't like the the Isaiah Thomas signing. I, I think he's a player who's played what forty four games I heard in the past two years. I think he played eight games last year. Um, he's a player who is a flyer and the Wizards need someone to run point guard today. Um, uh, John Wall, 
the Wizards uh, are are applying for the was it disabled player exception, yeah. whatever rule that is, which means that he's not going to play at all this upcoming season. So can you really depend on Isaiah Thomas to run point guard for 82 games? And then who's behind him? Ish Smith, uh, 30-something-year-old Ish Smith, who's not a starting point guard in this league. And I think their third option is actually small forward Troy Brown Jr. to run point guard, which is kind of ridiculous if you ask me. But how? what I don't understand is how are you going to keep Bradley Beal in the building come trade deadline when this is the team that you're fielding? I don't think. I don't well, see why he doesn't you're, have a you're choice, Bradley right? Beal. No, no, no. You're not. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pump, pump the brakes demand, on. The- so if that's been really happening, then there's a chance that he's on board, and we can go in in 2020, 2021, and actually get that third superstar, and then make our push. But at that at that rate, what John's going to be 31, 32. Brad's going to be what 29, 30. So they're both kind of on the backside of their career. If that's not the plan then you need to deal Bradley Beal today for picks and start rebuilding kind of like what the Nets did. The Nets went from complete crap for so many years, trading away all their picks. They started, they started from scratch. They built, they built young talent. And then finally this year they said, all right, we're, we're all in and we're going to go out and get the three superstars. So if that's the plan, that's fine. But um, if the plan is let's hope that we can get an eighth seed again this year and you know, be in the same mediocre rut for the next five years, and I don't know. That's I don't know. I think, I think you're being a little bit here. harsh on the Wiz here, right? Because two seasons ago, your boy Bo Buckets left town, head to Indiana, and now he just signed his big, big deal. Uh, where, where's Bo Buckets going? I'm blanking all of a sudden now. He's signed Utah. with Utah. With Utah, right? You oh, Utah's had a nice little off season here. Let me tell you. Um, and then your boy, uh, your boy Sato is on his way out too. So, it, you know, they've been able to find finally, ironically. Uh, some help at that guard position. They just haven't been able to keep it, or haven't uh, have elected not to keep it, uh, which sucks. But Sato's and, had the opportunity to run that that point yeah, guard position right. for two years now. You're right, and he hasn't he hasn't turned it in. I mean, he's he's good for 12, 12 game stretches, but outside of that, I mean, he's not going to take this team anywhere, right? He's not. To me, he's more of a two guard. I don't I, I don't really see him as a as the point guard. Um, and it just his style is so different. But than, see, this is actually why I really like. This is why I like the IT signing, right? Because if if he's like, you, you, uh, we have to assume health here. But if he's healthy, you actually get a point guard. Now he's a defensive liability, and that's a whole other conversation. But he's an actual point guard who can actually run your offense. And you and know, he's a scorer, yeah, right? Which they, I mean, so some points are going to have to come from somewhere. I mean, they they have to come from somewhere. Uh, as much as well, I like Troy Brown Jr., he's not gonna he's not gonna give you twenty. He's not at that point of his career. And frankly, Ubre was the talent they should have held on to, and they traded him away. Like that that whole mess now just looks so bad uh, from on every possible level. That basically you got you got literally nothing. You got nothing for Porter, uh, for Porter and Ubre leaving town. Nothing. You just cleared cap. Yeah, yeah. And, and to let Jeff Green and Trevor Ariza walk, you, you literally have nothing. So that was a huge mistake. And, I mean, Shep was in the building, right? So maybe he wasn't uh, talked to about these moves. Maybe Ernie was working in a bubble. But I, I don't know. It, there's there's too much. It's still to be seen with, with Shep. I don't know. I, I'm not going to give him too much credit right now. I do like some of the things that he's he's done. But I have to see the product on the court before I can 
Well, let's get let's get twenty in here. Let's get twenty in here. They're gonna they are gonna start off zero and ten. You know that, okay? But the the question is, you know, are they on paper right now? They don't win thirty games next year. I mean, if it is if it is a hundred percent healthy the whole way, maybe they get to thirty five. If Beal is healthy the whole way, maybe they get to forty. Which is which, like you said, that's kind of scary because now you're right around five hundred. Your your chance at at a, at a high lottery pick next year goes down. And like again, what are we what are we playing for? And when you look at when you zoom out here for a second and look at look at the wider like landscape of the Eastern Conference in the last couple of days, the Western Conference was power was like starstruck and and very top heavy. The NBA desperately needed a team in the Eastern time zone to not suck that could carry the the. I've been saying this now for a, a season and a half. Somebody that, that, that TNT and ESPN can put on in that 7.30 or 8 p.m. window every single night. That team is going to be the Nets now, even without, without KD for, the, for this upcoming season. It, it's going to be the Nets. Um, there's still enough star power there with Kyrie and, um, and uh, DeAndre. You look at the Raptors. You look at look at what the look at what the 76ers did. Actually, adding Horford, I love that move for them. I really do. I hate it for the rest of the Eastern Conference. But you look at the the Eastern Conference as a whole now. There's like today, right now. Forget about even with Kevin Durant not being uh, essentially not playing next season. There's four or five teams that can challenge in the Eastern Conference today, right now. And and I think that's awesome. If Kawhi stays in Toronto, then Toronto has to be the favorite. I like what Boston did. Actually, getting a point guard in Kemba Walker. I'm not a big walk. Uh, I'm not a big Kemba guy, but he's a better fit for that team. I like what what the Sixers did, adding Horford. Somebody, somebody they, they desperately needed a post presence. Somebody that was gonna like actually try to block a shot every once in a while and not just uh, not just dance around the block. I, I I mean, obviously, you gotta like what the Nets did. So twenty. Let's get you in here now. Like the, the wider scape of the Eastern Conference. I mean, are the Nets the 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 are, did the Nets win the post or the off season here, or is it still the Lakers? I mean, who's your team heading into next year now? Just based on the moves that have happened in the last couple of days. Um, that's a good question. Actually, I think it's still the Lakers, and here's why I say that: is because come next year, you are going to have the Nets, but they're not going to have Durant, and all you really have is Kyrie and a bunch of young guys around her around him talented as they may be i don't know if they come out of the east if Kawhi stays on the raptors you got to think from the east they're probably the favorites even with all the moves that the sixers made that boston's made um i think they're still going to be the favorites so for me the biggest winners are definitely the lakers now imagine if the lakers get Kawhi. Then I think the NBA is over. Well, wow. see, I, I would challenge that. I, I actually, I don't think, I don't think AD and LeBron complement each other at all. Um, Kuzma is going to get. Unfortunately, he's going to take. He's going to have to regress because there's not going to be enough shots for everybody, with or without Kawhi. Actually, the way that team is structured right now. Um, but you know, we haven't even mentioned Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee. I mean, that Chris. Uh, what was his face? What did What did Middleton get? Middleton. What did he get? You got like a, you, I mean, yeah, he got like one fifty something. Five or? years, one hundred seventy-eight million. Yeah, I mean, five years, what? Incredible, incredible yeah. contract. And you know, and everybody's gonna do the whole like, oh, we're we're gonna go after Giannis in two years and blah blah blah. Let me tell you something. Giannis isn't the type that's gonna bounce around. Giannis just to me, he feels like a Russell Westbrook. Like he's gonna ride or die with the Bucks. I think he feels like he's close. I think he wants Milwaukee. Kawhi. I think he, yeah, man, why not? 
You, like I'm saying, because it's Milwaukee. We're, guys, we're, we're witnessing a shift in the NBA. Okay, like if you look at this, like the the Kobe the Kobe Shaq era ended, and the the mantle was somewhat passed. Obviously, it was passed to LeBron, uh, Le, and LeBron. Like we we were living in the era of like the super teams, right? Starting in 2010 with the with the Heat, and then with the Warriors, and then blah blah blah, and then we've had a whole bunch of other like the Clippers, kind of for a while. But whatever. My point is now, I think we're regressing back to, like, I think the players want to win where they were drafted. I think that they're, they're they care a little bit more about like doing it on their own than they did one generation or half a generation ago. I think KD is the last of the mercenaries, to be honest. I, I just don't see I don't see Beal leaving on his own. I just don't. You know, he's in a unique spot because I don't think they can afford two supermax deals here in Washington. But I, I don't see Giannis moving. I, I just don't. And I have I just have a, a sneaky suspicion that Kawhi's gonna stay in Toronto. I think like yeah, I don't think he's I, I don't I don't think Kawhi wants to go to the Lakers and be the third wheel with uh, LeBron and A D. Um, if you look at Kawhi's career in San Antonio he was the Miami killer. In Toronto he was the Golden State killer. Like that's what he does. So why not stay where you are and be the Laker killer, or go to the Clippers and be the Laker killer? Like, how much more would he be celebrated as the number one guy who it just takes down these super teams? Like, yeah, I mean, you got to root for him. But in Canada, in Canada, and our boy Canada told us this, right? Like, he is the national hero of a whole country. It's not. It's not just a yeah, basketball city, right? It's a whole but, freaking country. But he doesn't. They've never care won. About that. He doesn't care about that. He he doesn't care about that. And the way they're selling it is my understanding is the that LeBron is going to meet with him with AD and um, Palenka and everyone. And he's basically selling it as, hey, look, I'm only here for the next three or four years, and then it's going to be your team. And I think that he grew up a Lakers fan. And if I'm him, that that's easy. Like, that's easy money right there. That's a road to the championship. And... You could put me. Yeah, as but it comes with the drama. We're, we're winning. It comes with the expectations. It comes with the drama. It comes with a lot of stuff. We saw yeah, it with but, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant grew up in PG County. What, twenty miles away? Less than twenty miles away yes. from the phone booth, the Capital One Arena, MCI Center, Verizon, whatever it is. Yeah. He didn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be at home. He knows all his boys are no, gonna be like, "Hey, give me some money. Hey, give me a ride. Hey, do this." <laughs> he didn't want to be here. We had, we had, had a crap second, on him. He had, he had his second opportunity to to come to Washington, he could have came to Washington. He could have been the hero of the town. He could have been, you know, hey, take take the whole season off, come back with John Wall and run this thing, right? Oh, he had zero suck. pressure. He, he had it set up. He didn't even didn't even cross his mind once to come back. You know I what mean, else didn't cross his mind? Approach, you know like, what else didn't think, cross his mind? Was going to the second. Knicks. The Knicks just got to shut yeah. down the franchise at this point. <laughs> they, they're just, no. they're done. They, they, they're worse than the Wizards. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. KD said I want to come as close as, as close as possible as DC. That's far enough away that I'm not going to get mooched on, and I'm not going to do all these other things that comes with it. Right? Comes with playing in your hometown. So you got to think about that for a second. Like, wh- why didn't he give us a chance two times? Right? If this is his hometown, he's a big he he fan. You could easily need to win one next no, but, year. But it's also. Get, but let me just say this on the, on the KD bit. Let me say this: the Warriors, the Warriors. Are they're bitches for retiring his jersey? All right, he doesn't he doesn't deserve to have that jersey retired. Sorry, he was there for like fifteen minutes. He he was he was the cherry on top of an amazing team. All the other four guys retire him. KD 
No, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Also, way too early rings. for that. Way too early for that. Absolutely. Between Absolutely. Won them two rings. Two, two rings and possibly could have been a third. Well, if he was healthy. But it wasn't well, three. And the team, and I would argue they didn't need him. They definitely didn't need him. No, they didn't. But can we talk about how messed up it was from the organization to kind of push him to play? Everyone knew that he was like no, he was man. on no. the LP, listen, man, this <laughs> this isn't some rec league thing, all right? There's millions of dollars no, out there. Dude, he made a decision no, to play. Push, you you have a superstar, you don't push him to play. But you and don't I have a, you don't have a superstar. He's a free agent. You don't have a superstar. You say you do what you want, Kevin. You're gonna get paid either way. And no, not on, not only them. that, the Warriors oh. offered to do a sign and trade, and this is the part I don't really understand. I have a theory, but the Nets are sending. I mean, they signed in trade. They they sent D'Lo to the Warriors, at, uh, which is another move we got to talk about here. But they could have done a side in trade. I, I firmly believe the Nets didn't want that fifth year of KD. I think they wanted him. I think they wanted all four. Uh, definitely him and Kyrie on that four years and finished. I don't think they wanted that that fifth year that was going to bury them. With uh, I mean, they would have put him from a four years one sixty one. He would have gone to five years two hundred two. I think or two hundred five. Like there's no way if and I think the Nets did did the right thing here, saying no, you know what, well, we want KD, but we don't want to do the side injury. We don't want that fifth year. Like we're already losing one year here, that gives us three more. You know, if Kawhi, I mean, you got to think they they will contend that there's enough talent there to contend. But you know, the flip side of that, I I love the D'Angelo Russell move to the Warriors. I I love it. it you know, you don't have Clay for half the season, and look to me, it's the same logic with. Uh, with Isaiah Thomas to the Wizards. If D'Lo balls out and there's some type of backcourt that makes sense with him and Curry until Clay is back, then when Clay is back, you 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 have an asset you can trade in D'Lo on a very reasonable contract. Absolutely. If he if they want to roll the dice and Steve Kerr wants to get real creative, maybe there's a way to run all three, slide Clay over to the three, or just I mean run. I mean they play they play they play uh, Green at the center anyway. I mean, maybe they can go hybrid three guard, crazy shooting from all over the place. I don't know. Like, if there's one team that can figure it out with essentially two point guards and a half, it's the Warriors. I really like this move for them too. This gives them a legitimate, younger, like talented player. I mean, D'Lo didn't get any love in New Jersey because, or I keep saying New Jersey, with the with the with the Brooklyn Nets because it's the Brooklyn Nets. But he did get them to the playoffs. That dude can play, and he was run out of town in L.A. He should have stayed in L.A. But you know he, him, and Nick Young, and talking about what he what he saw and didn't see on Snapchat and blah blah blah, and he got ran out of town. I think but the Kardashians also messed him up. Maybe, but he can play. He can play, and I like this move for the Warriors. They, you know, you can't say that they're reloading after you lose a, a talent like Kevin Durant. But damn, this is this is as close to reloading as you can get in the NBA today. Right. No, it's definitely a good move. I agree with you, and. The best, the best part about this is, and you touched on it, is when Clay does come back. Now they have an asset that they can trade, and I think his his stock's only going to rise, and he's only getting better. When he was on the Lakers, he wasn't as good as he was when he was on the Nets. So I think that's kind of why um, Magic got rid of him, as well. It was just like, but there's also talks that he's like not really like liked in the locker room and. That kind of thing. So, I mean, you also got to consider that. But the whole sign and trade thing, and I, I don't understand because, yes, you give him the super max, but what are you getting in return for him? You're just going to get D'Lo and what? Some picks or, or what? Uh, you know, well, I mean, I they want. I, I think they wanted to do right by him and and get him that extra. And 
I think they both just kind of looked at each other and said, no, it doesn't work for the Nets. It doesn't work for KD. Like, KD may actually be able to squeeze one more contract. Like, he may be able to pull that Paul Pierce mercenary role at the at the end end of his career, uh, which, you know, he, he may be more willing to do than, than LeBron. Look, I'm going to say it here. Look, four years from now, KD to the to the Thunder may be a thing that we're talking about just because he wants to like he's gonna give a give a crap about his legacy and he's gonna want to leave on the best possible terms. Best way to do it is to go back to where you started, give it one more heave ho and see if you can get them over. But um, he won't be able to at 38 years old. I mean, this is essentially his last contract. But we've seen a lot of other players go to the Nets and fizzle out. So you know maybe he gets traded. He's on a like this is a very workable contract that he's on four years or 160. And Kyrie's on a very workable contract at four years, 140. Even DeAndre's on a very workable contract, four years for 40 million. I mean, he's a he's a value. I mean, he's a value pick for four years at 40, 10 at 10 per. You, you got to like that move too. We already talked about Horford going to the to the to the 76ers. I like that move a lot for the Sixers. Horford's getting a little bit older. He's 33. He can still play. He can definitely. I mean, he can definitely defend, and he's a nice. He's I think he's going to be a nice complement to. Um, to uh, Embiid, but, well. yeah, I, I think I think he's in. They're nice... gonna they're gonna play two centers. Why not? I mean, I mean, didn't we see that? They didn't we see that with uh, AD and Demarcus Cousins? That didn't really work out too well uh, for them. But, but Cousins was nowhere near the athlete to me. Sorry, that I, I think I think that I'm, was that was before his Achilles. Even tear. even yeah. with even with he's 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 got that like Barkley physique with less athleticism. He just doesn't look right. Boogie hasn't signed, right? I think he's still out in the wind right now. No, he hasn't. He hasn't signed. Apparently, no one, no one won. And uh, Nerlens Noel hasn't signed either. I think he's still out there. I think the Wizards were linked with him early. Uh, la- or, or they were there was talk about him last week. I don't, I don't know if that actually materialized, but he was a guy that we were looking at several seasons ago, trying to pick him up from uh, from the uh, from the Sixers, and then I forget where he went to the Hornets or no, he went to the the Pels. Uh, he went to Dallas. Yeah, he went somewhere. He went somewhere. Um, yeah. but you know but and you know and and his canter also going to boston i think is a is a like low key good move for boston too um like he he's a defensive liability but he's got some he's i mean he's been around and he knows he knows how to play the position i don't know the the, the nba offseason is just there's nothing like it um you know it, it's amazing how everything is known right like 30 seconds after or when you're supposed to know it, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, With no legal tampering period. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, one, one more, one more shout out, Julius Randle to the Knicks. I love that contract. Look, the Knicks definitely whiffed a big time on the the Kevin Durant bit. And they looked very petty with their whole, like, we weren't even going to offer him a max and all that stuff. And Screaming A. Smith is going to blow a gasket on TV <laughs> because it's, that's just his shtick or whatever. But they've actually done a nice little little job here with their signings, and I like the Julius Randle signing. That's another piece. You look at that Lakers team from like four seasons ago, with uh, with uh, D'Lo and and uh, and uh, Julius Randle and uh, I mean and Kuzma. Like that was a good team. Lonzo Ball, you know, verdict's out. I'm not I'm not a Lonzo guy, but there was definitely like Josh Hart. There's some talent on that on that Lakers team, and it's gonna flourish and all over like. This is the LeBron effect. Like you have to win now with LeBron. The irony is he doesn't want to play any defense. And I mean, they're all in on a 35-year-old LeBron James right now. Uh, I, you know, if it's if it's, I'm taking the field in the West over the Lakers. I'm sorry, even with Kawhi, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling it, man. Like LeBron wasn't himself. Like he's an old dude now. He's an old dude, and, and AD doesn't stay healthy. 
He's a pick and roll center. Like it doesn't. Oh my lord! I'm sorry, it just doesn't work. Give me Utah. You're telling me it was look how Kawhi good. On look that how team. good. Look, look how good Utah got. Utah got You're so much better. Kawhi, Joe, Joe, you're telling me with Kawhi on that team, there's. I'm not taking the, the field. Uh, no, they may be the oh. favorite. They may be the favorite if we're if we're just betting. If you're we're saying just, the Jazz. I love the Jazz, man. I love the I, mean, I love the Jazz. The Jazz made some good moves, but come on, man! I love you got the Jazz. Like three of the best players in the league, well, in the league on one team. Hey, don't tell me old LeBron. LeBron is this. LeBron yeah, I'll tell you, old that. LeBron. LeBron is still the best player in the world. No, he's not. He Kawhi. Didn't play Kawhi is the best player the in the world. Season last year, and he still made the All NBA team. Yeah, but, but that's because all the that's because all the ignorant people just sit on there, they buy their Pepsis and hit push one or however Let me you vote. Explain something to you. That is the MVP. That's, that is the MVP. All right. That's a popularity vote. That's done by the sports writers. Look, who, who's going to who's going to say Kawhi, Kawhi is the best player in the league? Kawhi. Uh, that would be Giannis. Well, Giannis is the MVP. Either way, it's not LeBron. It's not LeBron. It's not I take. LeBron. I want Harden. I want Harden over LeBron, baby. I want oh, Steph saying, over LeBron. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Absolutely. Why? So you can Absolutely. sit and watch him uh, dribble the air out of the ball. Hey, you can say what you left. want. Listen, man, the beard the beard gets to the line. The beard shoots consistently. The beard is a complete player. He, he occasionally takes defensive. Like, he plays zero he takes, defense. Yeah, he takes whole games off of defense from time to time. Right. But, and he makes no one better look, on his team. Look, I mean, the Rockets are in no man's land. They got a stud in Harden. They got a contract they can't offload in, in Chris Paul. I mean, that team is stuck. That that team is, like, legit stuck. I mean, yeah. They I don't know. want anything to do with Chris Paul. One thing we've been talking about since the inception of this podcast was parody in the NBA. Do you guys think that with this offseason so far, uh, assuming Kawhi doesn't go to L.A., are we starting to get a little bit more parity in the NBA? Very little. I think it's possible. I mean, I it's possible. So. It's more. Hey, it's not. It's definitely not the top two in each division, right? It may, it may have expanded to the top four, top five. You, like you oh, said, in the sure. West, Utah's good. Portland is good. Houston is good. The Clippers have a chance. The Lakers They're, have a chance. And, and in the East, the I mean, the still East the is still. Yeah. The East. The East, the East is the story. Brooklyn, the East is really the story. Brooklyn, yeah. Boston, Philly. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Assuming Kawhi Toronto. stays, yeah, yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, there's there's some good teams. There's some good teams in the East too. Well, I, I think I think you're looking at four, basically like two elite teams, and then like two almost elite teams, and then a whole bunch of average teams in both in both conferences, which is more parity than we've had and in years Wizards. past. Where are yeah, the Wizards? The Wizards. They would be below, uh, Wizards, uh, below the average. Of that average. <laughs> below below average. Their, their ceiling is average. Their ceiling is five hundred. Their ceiling is five hundred. I can. If they if they do get to five hundred, are we happy with that? No, because it, it torpedoes their draft picks. You think we could do better? No, That's I don't. My question. No, I don't think we can do better. But I don't want them yeah, to be around five hundred. Yeah, but here's the thing. Just... Everyone wants them to tank, but we saw the NBA draft yeah. lottery doesn't work with tanking. Like. Yeah. What was their, their chances of getting uh, the top five or getting outside of the top five was like ninety percent or something crazy like that? The they had Wizards, a nine percent chance, and that's no, what man. they got. Listen, yeah. the, the Wizards pulled the ultimate Wizards move on on draft lottery night. They had a higher they had a higher probability a higher probability of getting the number one pick than the number nine pick, and they ended up with yes. the number nine pick. Yes, <laughs> because the universe says so. All right. 
That's right. That's just how it works. And then they yeah. and then who did they draft? Harambi or whatever his name is. Roy Hashemir or whatever. What, Rui. Uh, over over Cam Reddish. And, Rui. Uh, Rui and uh, Admiral. Think, yeah. Admiral Schofield is a baller. He's a baller. And, uh, I think Rui is actually going to be pretty good. I mean, he's an offensive threat. Um, he's he's more seasoned than the average college player. I think he played three or four years at Gonzaga. Ain't no so defense. You know, don't play no defense. <laughs> I mean, the whole NBA. There's NBA, no defense. In there. 2020 NBA. You don't need to play defense. I know, man. It's true. You score 130 points. Just give me the ball and let me shoot. I know. I know how it goes. Guys, can we can we pivot off the NBA? Can we talk about can we talk about Donald Trump going into North Korea? Did you see the awesomeness that was POTUS walking into North Korea? Did you guys see this clip? I got goosebumps watching this clip. I did not see it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you watch it. It was incredible. It was incredible watching history. Also, did we watch the riots in Portland? Portland is basically not America. What riot? What are they rioting about? Uh, it was like a trans something march. They they mixed uh, cement with milkshakes and then threw it at Chick Fil A's. Oh, no, <laughs> no, nobody watched this. You guys not? I need Steve here, man. No, no. Why, why would you ever throw something at Chick Fil A? I mean, yeah. I'm just getting you free sandwiches. Why would you ever do that? Chick Fil A is the best. I don't I know. Guess Christian known to me. Yeah, I mean, they're of course they're they're known as a like yeah. The irony is that the march was on a Sunday and the Chick Fil A was closed because Chick Fil A is closed <laughs> on Sunday and these guys are giving it the middle finger and throwing milkshakes at it. Like it's not even open, man. Like I don't know. I don't is know. that uh, Sunday? I guess was the last day of the uh, the month. Right, the whole. It was the. the first no, wasn't that first of the month? How about LP? Are you watching? Are you watching the women's World Cup? Can we talk about Megan Rapino? Not her political statements, which were stupid, but her actual performance on the pitch. Because she, she is, she's a stud. Like we grew up in the era of like Mia Hamm. Megan Rapino is is a superior footballer. She is just an athlete. She's incredible. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah, she is, but. I mean, they obviously didn't need her today, and it seemed like today uh, gave the other women a chance to excel, right? And you see the the nutmeg inside the box. Oh yeah, that was ridiculous. It was like it was like the third minute set the tone for the entire Dude, match. Yeah, can we talk about how garbage that penalty call was? And then yeah, it was really bad. I mean, that was that was a horrible call. I but, screamed so uh, loud what's the at point my of team, having man. VAR and then clearly seeing. That it wasn't a penalty, but I didn't call it a penalty. That exactly. Was, how, how can it be a penalty? Like the the British chick is winding up to kick, and she, her she she like during her wind up, like it's there was no motion from the U.S. defender to hinder her. It, like I don't get it. Like she was running and happened to flail her leg back and hit the defensive player. Like she didn't make a move. Like she, she didn't try to poke the ball. She didn't do nothing. And then when you you put it in slow mo on VAR, yeah, there was a hand there, but you you can't push someone when you're three yards away from them. But but I don't like I don't like VAR in this application. Like I don't I don't like it in this application. I like it review the goals. You want to review an onside offside situation, fine. But this application, I I wasn't crazy about. But frankly, I mean the U.S. they struggled against Spain. They dominated against France, even though they gave up a late goal. And they look they looked great today. They they really did look great today. That you know, I just I don't appreciate the fact that everybody was talking about the you know the thirteen nothing uh the, the first game out of the gate. 
everybody was talking about that and how it was unsportsmanlike and blah blah blah. All those people need to shut up. All right, this is a it's competition. It's a competitive sport. You, yeah, it's exactly. A competitive sport. Never just shut up. All right, with your part- yeah, participation right. trophies. Uh, they should have beaten them twenty-five nothing. And that's right. But now that they're like cruising, nobody's paying attention. Um, except, of course, uh, Rapino runs her mouth about uh, about oh. about going to the White House, whatever. And then every like athletes, cruising. athletes also they're not cruising. No, they're absolutely I mean, cruising. Every single game has been super competitive outside that first one. No, no, they score first. No, this is, no. they follow the same script, Come man. They, they press. You didn't think today? Game. You didn't think today was competitive? It's not like they're not blowing um, teams like they used to. Back in the day, England's a good team, man. So, I mean, you're not going to smoke every team. But France was a good team. Yeah, they're cruising. Yeah, France is an amazing team. When you're not even playing your when when Rapino is not even in the lineup, you're you're on cruise control. I mean, let's be honest here. Let let's not be all like oh humility and blah blah blah. No, they they didn't even start their best player. Carly Lloyd came in in the 88th minute. Alex Morgan basically was out there trotting, just looking all hot and stuff, not not really paying attention to the game. So, like, like let's let's be real here. They didn't they didn't need the firepower, right? They didn't need the firepower, you know. And and again, everybody was all like, apparently the uh, some members of the coach of the U.S. coaching staff were scouting the hotel that the British players were staying at because they're gonna they want to switch hotels. And everybody's like, oh, you're just looking past us. What we're gonna show? We're gonna beat you. And then like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not gonna beat us. Like, you're not gonna beat us. Okay. Like, this is not gonna happen. Right. Um, but I, I like that competition. I mean, we got the. I think the men. The men's team is in action tomorrow. Yeah. LP. Yep. Are you watching it? I have been watching it, but basically, I have I have a huge problem with our tactics in this uh, gold cup. I hate the gold cup because nobody understands. Why it's played every year, blah blah blah. I'll get. I won't get on that soapbox right now. It's not. It's every. It's every other year. Whatever. It's every other they, year. Then how they have one last year? The then summer. there was one last year. There was one last year. No. <laughs> last year was the no, one. No, no. There was two years ago. Whatever. It's every. It, it's like it every fifteen matter. minutes. There's another competition. The, the team literally sucked in uh, qualifying and was absolute crap. So for them to come out, win all their their group matches, and then. Um, so look, but this is the reality of this U.S. men's team, all right? First of all, they're, they're still not hey, very good. It, it, but they are... They it's are... CONCACAF. So it's CONCACAF. You know what? We didn't even qualify for the World Cup, so I'll take a win in the Gold Cup anytime. Okay, right? but this team it, is still it, it, strategically set up for failure. It's it's set up for failure. It's 100%. No, this team is strategically set up to excel with MLS players because... <laughs> no, dude. <Clinton's> been... <laughs> No, this team is literally—it's literally built around Christian Pulisic, and if he doesn't pull magic out of his ass, this team has no chance to win ever. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing they did with Clint Dempsey. It's the same thing they did with Landon Donovan. Like the, the uh, I mean, no, but but they're different players, right? Christian Pulisic's not—he's not a striker. He's their number ten. So I, I don't know. But he has to uh, sneak Christian up. Pulisic he has to sneak up. Clearly, the, the best U.S. soccer player since what Landon Donovan. Um, yeah, his artist has been, been pretty good. Paul yes. Ariola, our, our DC guy, has been pretty good. So, I, I mean, you know, it, it's small steps, but at least they're going somewhere. At least they're they're making smaller strides because what a year ago when you brought Black Bruce Arena for the second time, yeah, I mean, that's rock rock bottom. You're going up. I'll it, take a win. I'll take. I'll win take a win too. With you. I'll take a win too, and and we'll see. It would be nice for a sweep. 
Nice for the women's team to win the World Cup, which I expect them to do so. And for the men, I mean, they've exceeded my expectations, but they're not they're not fun to watch. Um, and even even so, like, I don't know. They've kind of gotten lucky. Curacao That's and, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're they're set up they're set up to rely a hundred percent on magic from Pulisic, and if he doesn't bring it, they don't have a chance. They're they're not tactically strong. It's hard. Like like we so watch. So far, they've been set up to play easier teams. Yeah, yeah, that too. That, so that's true. we'll see in the finals when when Mexico's in. I mean that that's the that's that's the matchup I want to see. <laughs> that's the one I want to see. That's the one everybody wants to see. I also don't know why these games are starting at like midnight. Why, why are they starting at eleven o'clock at night? I, I love it. I love it. Is that, this is this is when America watches soccer at night. We don't watch during the day. <laughs> After all the other sports are over, right? <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna talk about the 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 red hot Nats, or should we leave that for another day? Trey Turner just uh, won the game about ten minutes ago. After what? How long was the rain delayed today? An hour, thirty minutes. It felt like it, it felt like it. Like 15 minutes. It felt like uh, it was very fast by comparison. But then again, I've been sitting in that ballpark with like a two-hour rain delay waiting for the free chicken nuggets, which eventually came, and I was very happy. So, anyway. Anyway, final thoughts, expectations, movies to watch. Hey, we never talked about Trent Williams in a training camp, but, you know, I don't know if it's going to ever get resolved. He's not going to report to training camp. The Redskins are not savvy enough to know what to do with him. What, what else Didn't he we demand a trade? What What does he do? Sit out the year? He'd be stupid to do it because it's not like there's a there's not a high demand for him or his at his position and his dollar amount. There just isn't. He wants to be the highest paid, but he can't stay healthy. I feel I feel for him, but he, I mean, well, I don't even think it's about the money. It's I think it's more. Well, I think the money will fix the problem, but I think it's more about the the health concern and this is where this is where Snyder this is where Mister Snyder has to get. You know, you got to walk down there, be like, "Hey, Trent, I want to talk to you." Be like, "Look, we we love you. We got a statue we're gonna build of your balls on the left side of the stadium when we're done, and blah blah blah." Please, just you know, we'll, we'll do a, a one-time salary adjustment. We need you here. Like, this isn't gonna end well for either side. They can't trade him. Okay, he's damaged goods. He hasn't played a full season in four seasons now. He's he's not tradable. And he wants he wants best that position money, which he hasn't like you can't pay him that. So um, I think he wants to be compensated for misdiagnosing him. And if I'm Snyder, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You walk over to him, you open up your wallet and say, hey, take it all. Well, you can't have it all, right? He's got got to pay off that boat. Well, yeah. (laughs) But what's plan B? There is no plan B. Jerron Christian, there's no plan B. I mean, no, plan B is just run away from that side of the line. I mean, what else are you going to do? What else plan do? B is play four linemen? <laughs> yeah, or, or put uh, put Alex Smith to play lineman with his bionic leg and just uh, <laughs> run people over with his cement leg. Uh, and there's no options. They, I mean, they need him. They, they need him. That's where, that's where, like, you know, not re-signing guys like that were, uh, like Hyan Seki, for example, like not having these guys come back is a is a problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Your your plan B. I mean, might as well sign Joey's or up yeah. in the streets. Hey, you coach me up, man. I'll I'll do what I can for you. I mean, you, if you, stay free, healthy. you need to bulk up though. Get some more chicken nuggets in you. I mean, you where's Albert Hainsworth? I mean, can't, can't he just can't can't he snap the ball and fall over? Isn't that isn't that his uh, <laughs> isn't that the play? Just take up space. I'm, I'm pretty 
sure the last person that Dan wants to see is Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got no closing comments, but I, I do want to go uh, watch the end of the Nats game, uh, even though LP just ruined it for me. I had to pause, but I want to go see it. Uh, any final thoughts, Mr. Twenty? Happy 4th of July to you, sir. Yeah, you as well. I didn't know they gave you free chicken nuggets at Nats Park. Yeah, baby, all that delay. food's got to get eaten during a rain delay. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I've been there so many times. I don't think I've ever once sat through a whole game. It's a nice park. It is you a nice park. Walk around and, and get some food. and Absolutely. There's like a lounge area. It's the best. LP, how about you? Plans for 4th of July? Uh, I have a little one, so she can't do anything. So I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to put her to sleep, and then you're going to get annoyed at your neighbors for setting up fireworks. Because then she's going to wake up pissed. Speaking from experience? Yeah, then, you're, then your neighbors are going to do those stupid fireworks on their driveway, and you're going to be like, hey, shut the hell up, all right? I'm trying to sleep. My kid's trying to sleep. Ooh. Yeah, you'll so see. It's terrible. Tonight. It's terrible. You'll see. Thanks for setting me up. Yeah. Much appreciated. All right, boys. Happy 4th. Until next time, for 20, for LP, my name is Joe. This has been DTC, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, and everywhere else. Thank you so much for listening. We are out.